What's up? You know who it is. It's me, your boy, Ruby Rube. And welcome to my podcast, The Gathering Strength. The podcast where we dive into inspiring stories of remarkable individuals who have overcome challenges and emerged stronger than ever. In today's episode, I'm going to turn my focus to the legendary Arnold Schwarzenegger. He has an autobiography called Total Recall, My Unbelievably True Life Story. And let me tell you something, y'all. Man, this guy's story, it is unbelievable. He has done so many things. Uh, it really left me with my mind blown. <laughs> Truly. Sincerely. And as a matter of fact, it's like, man, incredible story this guy has. So join me as I explore the incredible journey of this iconic figure, from his humble beginnings in Austria to conquering Hollywood and politics. Discover the power of resilience, determination, and the unwavering pursuit of success. Get ready to gather your strength with Arnold Schwarzenegger's remarkable life story. Now, I was born in 1983. I'm a full-blooded, hairy American man. And during my formative years, I had role models such as Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rocky Balboa, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. I had all those guys to look up to. As a little kid, we seek out strong male role models. And those were the strongest guys of my time. Now, the attraction to muscles and a strong-looking body, that can be attributed to a combination of psychological, cultural, and evolutionary factors. Now, here's a few reasons why humans are often attracted to muscular and strong physiques. And when you are a little boy and you are exposed to these things, you're just like, man, I, I want big muscles. How do I get jacked like these guys? You know what? I didn't even know what the word jacked meant, but I had a internal, a internal feeling that, hey, these guys know something that I don't, and I aspire to be like these guys. Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was the alpha of all alphas. Now, I'm going to be getting into his book, but first, let's talk about you know, one of the main overall characteristics of Arnold Schwarzenegger. His strong Greek, Greek of a goddess body. Man, it looks like that guy was carved out of marble, a Greek statue. Go ahead and Google photos of, of Arnold Schwarzenegger circa 1972. And man, like I said, the alpha of all alphas. Now, back to the attraction of muscles and a strong-looking body. Number one is physical strength and protection. Historically, physical strength was essential for survival. Muscles and a strong body were associated with increased capabilities for hunting, fighting, and providing protection. Subconsciously, individuals may be drawn to muscular individuals as a sign of potential strength and security. Now, there's no bigger and badder man than Arnold Schwarzenegger back in, you know, the 70s, 80s. Man, all the way up until until now. Man, that, that guy is just legendary. 
Number two is health and vitality. A well-built physique is often associated with good health and vitality. Muscles are seen as a visual representation of physical fitness and overall well-being. People may be attracted to individuals with strong bodies as they subconsciously perceive them as healthier and more capable of thriving. Now the key word there is subconsciously because we are all programmed to be attracted to physical strength and protection, health and vitality, and also, you know, the cultural influences. For example, media, including movies, advertisements, and popular culture often portray muscular bodies as a symbol of attractiveness and desirability. Cultural norms and beauty standards shape our perceptions of what is considered attractive. These influence can create a preference for muscular physiques as they are frequently portrayed as ideal or aspirational. Another attribute that is subconsciously programmed into every single human being is confidence and self-assurance. Muscular individuals are often perceived as confident and self-assured. Wow, guess what y'all? Hey, the key word is perceived because don't get me wrong, you can be super skinny and with a weak, frail body, but man, you could be confident. You can have, you know, there's all different sorts of strength. Like I said, in my podcast, I want you to have the buff body, mind, spirit, and bank. And we want to have all those things well-rounded. We don't want to have a strong body and a weak mind. We don't want to have a strong mind and a, a, a weak spirit, a weak body. We want to be capable. We want to be well-rounded. Now, here is another evolutionary psychological aspect of having a strong body. From an evolutionary perspective. So once again, hey, this is evolution has this programmed inside every single human being. From an evolutionary perspective, traits associated with physical fitness and strength may be seen as indicators of genetic fitness and reproductive potential. Historically, individuals with stronger and healthier bodies were more likely to survive and pass on their genes, leading to a subconscious attraction to physical strength. So whether you believe it or not, inside every single human being, there is a evolutionary psychological disposition to be attracted to people who are physically fit. Now, it is important to note that attraction varies among individuals and personal preference can differ significantly. While muscles and a strong looking body may be appealing to many, attraction is ultimately subjective and influenced by a wide range of factors, including personal experiences and cultural backgrounds. So some people, they might look at Arnold Schwarzenegger and be repulsed, uh, disgusted, and overall not attracted, but for a young man growing up and seeing people such as, you know, Rocky Balboa, Sylvester Stallone, I know they're the same person, Hulk Hogan, and just all of those strong males, it was just subconsciously put within my being to desire to be a strong man. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was one of those guys, very influential in my life, growing up and even as a adult, 
go on to Google or YouTube and look at some of the videos of Arnold Schwarzenegger work, working out. And when you're done watching that video, go and do a workout and tell me if you don't squeeze out some more reps. If you don't push a little bit harder. If you don't, you know, just try to dig a little bit deeper after watching one of those videos. Now that I've set the table for Arnold Schwarzenegger and his iconic, legendary existence, man, let's get on to his book. So check it out. His book, it was 24 hours long. And I purchased his book during the discount. There was an 85% off site-wide sale going on inside the Audible app. And that was one of the books that I purchased. I probably got it for, I don't know, $5. So for $5, I got to spend 24 hours with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now, because I've listened to my, uh, to my audiobooks at a faster pace, I listened to it at a 1.5 uh, times speed. And that 24 hours was reduced to 16 hours. So I saved some time there. But because... I'm a smart guy. My mind, I'm able to absorb the information at a much higher rate. A yeah, little humble flex right there. Now, for $5, I got to spend 16 hours with Arnold Schwarzenegger and listening and being able to soak in all of the nuggets of wisdom that Arnold Schwarzenegger accumulated for himself along his journey. And what a journey that guy has been on. He started out in Austria, a little boy in Austria, and very humble beginnings. There is a part in his book where he talks about how his house, they didn't have running water. When it was bathing time, there is an old expression, hey, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Now, I, I learned about that expression a while back, and what that sentiment means is... In the family, there's a hierarchy. The parents go first. The dad bathes first, right? So the dad bathes in the warmest and the cleanest water. And then, ultimately, when that guy gets out, it's going to be a little bit dirtier, right? And then, who's next in line? The mom. The mom goes in, and she bathes in that water. Yep, it's getting gross, right? And then, once she's done... The next oldest of kin, the next oldest child goes in and he bathes. And if you're not thoroughly disgusted right now, it's going to get even nastier. Because after that, the next kid goes. And can you imagine what that water looks like? I'm getting a gagging sensation in the back of my throat right now. And down the line goes until you get to the baby. And imagine what that water looks like. After everyone in your house, heaven forbid you have some aunts and uncles living with you or a, or a grandma and grandpa because, man, that can you imagine that water? And the last person is going to be the baby. By then, that water's so black that if you don't pay attention and there's, you know, a, a little child in that bath, you could potentially throw the damn baby out with the bath water. Arnold Schwarzenegger talks about his experiences growing up in Austria, 
bathing in the same bathwater that his entire family did. And ultimately, man, so he went from that all the way to a multi, multi million, hundreds of a millions of dollars successful human being. But that is the nutshell of his story because there are so many things that he did between sharing his bathwater as a little boy with his family to being worth more than $400 million at the time that I record this. His audiobook, as I was saying, was 25 hours long. And I'm only going to talk about this for about 25 minutes, so I'm going to be leaving out a significant amount of things because I can't... I can't list all of his things. Ultimately, at the end of listening to his book, what it did for me was, after after listening to this book, what it did for me was, it made me press a little bit harder in the gym. I went and I spent a little bit more time on my manuscript. Because, man, if Arnold Schwarzenegger can rise up from a poverty-stricken child living in Austria all the way to a person who's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, there's nothing separating me from that other than work ethic. So, I, man, I need to step up my game. And that is what greatness does. It doesn't matter who you are. The great people will inspire other people to look at their lives, see how they measure up. And it's not a competition. It is not a game of, hey, I'm better than you, or you're better than me, or you have more than me. It's not about that. It's about just realizing that we, what we're all capable of. Now, the odds that a poverty-stricken little boy from Austria rising up to dominate the body, uh, the bodybuilding world, to paving a way for all of the bodybuilders before him, to dominating the Hollywood scene, because at a point in his life, he was the top, uh, the highest paid actor. He paved the way for people like The Rock. And then after that, he went on to become governor And after he was done with his governorship, he went back to making movies. And man, you know what? During that time, he's opening up businesses. He is lobbying for health and wealth inside the school systems. Incredible journey. Listen to his book because he'll be able to tell it better than I can in this podcast, and it it had me entertained for the entire 16 hours. Now, let me tell you guys about some some keynotes about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, Early bodybuilding career. He talks about his passion for bodybuilding and his determination to become the best. Schwarzenegger describes his rigorous training routines to his um, from his move to Munich, Germany, and his early victories in bodybuilding competitions. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was a young phenom. He started bodybuilding at 15 years old, and by the time he was 20 years old, he won Mr. Olympia. 
Now, during his young formative years, when he started bodybuilding, his father did not see the point of bodybuilding. And his father was unsupportive. Hey, typical dad, right? A typical dad who is born from a small world, so he has a small view and a small perspective of the world. But his son, man, his son had magazines and he was exposed to people with muscles, people who were strong. And back when his dad was growing up, hey, the the popularity of men with muscles, that that was something new. Because his father was older and he wasn't exposed to bodybuilding or weightlifting, he was unsupportive of it. He was like, hey, Arnold, if you're going to be lifting all of those weights, why don't you go and chop some wood instead? If you're going to be, you know, so active and you have all this energy, hey, we have a winter coming and we're going to need some fire. So how about you go chop some wood? Now, there was a point in Arnold's book where at the end of the book, he reflects on his life and he talks about the relationship that he had with his father. And he thinks to himself, the adversity that he faced with his father from him not being supportive to pressuring him to get a job and, you know, being dissatisfied with him pursuing his goals and his career, if his dad For example, if his dad was nice and supportive, maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger, he reflects that maybe he wouldn't have wanted to move. Maybe the comfortableness of him being at home and having a good relationship with his father, maybe that would have deterred him from going out into the unknown and blazing his own trail and blazing his his own path. Now, he's not the only person who has turned his adversity into growth and knowledge. Because there's many people who have had a rough upbringing, but they turn their adversity into growth and strength and resilience. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, he reflects on that. He's like, man, things would have been so much different if my dad would have been nice. He may not be the Arnold Schwarzenegger that we all have come to know and love. Now, Mr. Olympia. The book highlights Schwarzenegger's domination of the bodybuilding world, winning the Mr. Olympia title a record seven times. He discusses his mindset, training methods, and the challenges he faced in the competitive bodybuilding scene. I'm telling you, go on to Google and look up images of Arnold Schwarzenegger in 1972 and you're going to see the birth of of the bodybuilding world. That guy put the bodybuilding world into the forefront of everyone's minds and he made it popular. He wasn't the first person to lift a weight and have muscles. Nope, because he was inspired by the guys before him. Ultimately, he's living the the old proverb that your boy Isaac Newton said. And Isaac Newton said that if he can see farther, it's only because of the shoulders of the giants that, that he's standing on. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was standing on the shoulders of giants before him. And now, everybody else of today, for example, The Rock, 
they're standing on the shoulders of Arnold Schwarzenegger because that guy did so much work into promoting uh, bodybuilding. He has tra- uh, traveled and flown across the world a hundred times, a thousand times, and he talks about all of his travels in the book. Now, Hollywood stardom. The book covers Arnold Schwarzenegger's rise to stardom in Hollywood, becoming one of the most recognizable and highest paid actors of his time. He discusses his experiences working with directors, co-stars, and the challenges of maintaining his physique while filming. Now, rewinding back to Arnold Schwarzenegger's, uh, his Mr. Olympia. Now, there was moments in Arnold Schwarzenegger's life where he was working out for five to six hours every single day for six days a week. Now, of course, he was on steroids. But just because you take steroids doesn't mean that you're ultimately going to get muscles like that. And back in the day, steroids, that was something you can get, you know, over the counter. Now, just like I said before, it, just because you take steroids today and let's say you don't do any exercising or you don't have the work ethic... All you're going to do is just, man, have, have, a, have a temper. You're going to be just mad, angry, and frustrated. You're going to have all this pent-up energy. You're not going to know what to do with it. You're not going to... If you don't have your, your goals set and a clear direction of why you're taking those steroids, hey, you're just not going to reap any of the rewards. And I don't take steroids... Um, they do have supplements for men these days that you can get a, I think it's something like, like ageless male. If you have a low testosterone, you can go and get some testosterone that is going to help you with your energy levels and etc. etc. But hey, your boy Ruby Rube, I take a holistic approach. I supplement my well-being with healthy foods, diet and exercise, and adequate rest. And I'm doing all right right now. So let's get into the personal life of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It dives in. Uh, the book is going to dive into his personal relationships, including his marriage with Maria Shriver and their subsequent separation. Uh-oh, trouble in paradise. Hey, you know what? This just goes to show that he, Arnold Schwarzenegger is human. Nobody's perfect. We're all going to fall short, even of our own standards. And in the book, he talks about the complexities of balancing his career, family, and public image. Now, here's an interesting dynamic that you may or may not be aware of. During his, um, during one of his films, it was it was the filming of Batman and Robin. His wife Maria Shriver, which is a descendant of the uh, John F. Kennedy family. Uh, they're they're worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So once again, that little us boy from Austria parlayed and dominated the bodybuilding world, the movie scenes or the movie world in Hollywood, and he married into a a billion dollar family. So come on, let's go, Arnold Schwarzenegger. But hey, trouble in paradise. He was filming a movie, and his wife and his kids they were. I don't know, out of town for a few weeks. But guess who was around? His housekeeper. And Arnold Schwarzenegger goes on to talk about that situation. Where it was just them two. They were in his guest house. And 
one thing led to another. I guess that that woman stepped into the right light. Arnold Schwarzenegger must have had a little buzz going on. And next thing you know, it's bow chicka bow bow. That housekeeper is is dusting off a little bit more than the bookshelves. Now the raucous grunting and loud sounds that were coming out of that guest house. You know, the neighbors probably thought Arnold Schwarzenegger was just doing some deep squats, doing some deadlifting. Oh, but man, he was lifting a little bit more than some heavy-ass weights. Now, we all know how babies are made. And, hey, next thing you know, nine months later, that woman, his house, his house, uh, provider, his house, uh, the, the, the damn maid, she produces a baby. But she tells Arnold Schwarzenegger that the baby is from her boyfriend. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, he, he takes that at face value. But then he goes on to say that when the boy started to turn, like, school age, there was a striking resemblance. Now, there's a Saturday Night Live skit somewhere in there because... I can just imagine the revelation where Arnold Schwarzenegger does a double take and he's like, "What? wait a minute, I thought you said this kid was from another guy. But turns out it looks just like him. Now here's the weird thing is that you can go online and you can see pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger with his family and his wife and then... I guess they had a close relationship with that woman because she was in some of the family photos and guess who she had? She had her baby. And the baby was Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. And as time goes by, the the house caregiver, she informs Arnold Schwarzenegger that, hey, yep, the baby's yours. And now Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger knows that the baby's his or the little kid is his. But he doesn't tell his wife. They just keep coming around and they keep playing like, hey, everything's all good. Until one day, Maria Shriver, she brings it up at one of their marriage counseling meetings and the cat is out of the bag. Once again, if you can go online and you type in Arnold Schwarzenegger's son and the the, the child that he had with that nanny looks more like him than the kids that he had with his wife. It, it, it looks weird. It looks like a mini Arnold Schwarzenegger. He has the, the, the head, the jawline, the body, and everything. Fascinating stuff. Like I said, we're all not perfect. People mess up, but... We all learn from our mistakes. If you want to judge Arnold Schwarzenegger for the things that he's done, you know, the, the bad things, hey, man, you know what? Look at yourself. But let's rewind back to a part where Arnold Schwarzenegger is living at home with his mom. And the role models that Arnold Schwarzenegger had, as any typical young adolescent boy, they prop up posters on their walls adorned with kind of movie stars, their their favorite music acts, the bands, you know, just maybe a few pictures of some girls. And the mom, 
she notices that Arnold Schwarzenegger has a bunch of muscly men plastered all over his wall. There's a bunch of guys, you know, flexing in their little briefs with their little, uh, little raisin smuggler panties on. And that draws concern for Arnold Schwarzenegger's mom because she goes over to her friends' houses. And what do their sons have plastered on their walls? She asks their mothers and they're like, hey, he has pictures of girls, of this and that. And so it starts to concern Arnold Schwarzenegger's mother to where she's like, OMG, my son could be, could be gay. So what does she do? She calls the priest. The priest comes over and analyzes Arnold Schwarzenegger's walls. And he looks at the mom and says, hey, you know what? You don't need to worry. It is perfectly fine for young men to idolize strong men. As a matter of fact, it's good for them because it gives them something to strive towards. And that's what Arnold Schwarzenegger does. And that's what people do. They, They put their idols, the people who they look up to, and they plaster them. You know, on their walls or wherever. Because you want to be reminded of greatness. Now, before Arnold Schwarzenegger, before he put bodybuilding and weightlifting on on the map, before that, the only people who were considered to work out were the gays and Man, back in the day, that's the last thing you wanted to be associated with, with, was being gay, right? And when you come to think about it, you know, what's so gay about, you know, two guys getting together and getting all hot and sweaty and grunting and encouraging the other person and, you know, man, just having, you know, the the sweat dripping down your, your bulged out veins and... Did I mention it's hot and sweaty? Maybe a couple sports slaps, you know, being tossed in. And just helping your other your other training partner lift that weight up. So you, you gotta grab onto his body and help him lift that weight. And what's so gay about that? You know, now that when you say it out loud, it does sound a little bit gay. But if weightlifting and getting jacked is gay, call me Elton John. Now, that reminds me of a quote that Arnold Schwarzenegger said in his movie, Pumping Iron, in 1977. Now, go online, and I want you to see and hear the words coming out of that young guy, a young Arnold Schwarzenegger's mouth, because it is, it's an awesome quote. He says, to me, the pump kind of feels like having sex with a beautiful woman and coming. You know, it just feels fantastic. I'm coming all the time, you know. Now, after that quote that Arnold Schwarzenegger said during an interview, and once the movie was released, he said that his gym attendance like quadrupled. There was a bunch of guys lining up to to start working out. Now, that would explain perhaps the reason why there's all that grunting going on in a gym ugh, ugh. you know when you're when you're bearing down on a heavy weight if you just listen to the audio you don't know if it's 
a guy working out, or if it's two dudes having sex. Essentially, it's the same sound. Ugh! Ugh! Right? It's the same sound. Now, Pumping Iron, that was just one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's movies. He has been in... His first movie was Hercules in 1970. And then his last one, let's see... Uh, Kung Fury 2 in about 2020-21. His most successful film is Terminator 2. And let's see. Let's see some of his most influential quotes. Because we all have an awesome Arnold Schwarzenegger quote. If you don't, I would highly recommend to learn some of Arnold Schwarzenegger's quotes because they will enhance your life. Now, some of, some of his quotes that you might be familiar with is, In 1984, in The Terminator, he said, I'll be back. And there is an anecdote that he shares with that line, specifically, the I'll be back catchphrase. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he was arguing with the director. Arnold Schwarzenegger said that he wanted the line to be, I will be back. But the director stood firm. They fought about it for a little while. Ultimately, Arnold Schwarzenegger gave in. And we all know that line, I'll be back. Uh, his second most popular iconic movie quote is, Hasta la vista, baby. In Terminator 2, 1991. Uh, another, another famous one is, in 1987, in Predator, he said, Get to the chopper! In this intense moment, Arnold's character Dutch urges his comrades to escape by helicopter. Now that line has been parodied and referenced in various forms of media. Another awesome quote, one of my favorite movies is, It's not a tumor. He said that in 1990, Kindergarten Cop. Uh, and then another, another one is, I'm back by the Terminator. Uh, the original Terminator in 1984. When Arnold Schwarzenegger immigrated into America, he didn't even know English. That is just another tally in the column of adversity. Imagine being, you know, a, a young guy going into another country with little to no money. You don't even know the damn language. And, and how is that going to make you feel? Regardless of that obstacle, Arnold Schwarzenegger conquered that. He terminated that that obstacle and turned it into an advantage. Now, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he started to buy real estate. He was working construction, and he saved up his money. And rather than buying a house, he bought a, a small apartment complex. And he parlayed that all the way into becoming a big-time real estate investor. Now, let's see. Real estate investments. Schwarzenegger has made numerous real estate investments, particularly in the United States. He has acquired properties such as residential homes, commercial buildings, and land parcels. His real estate portfolio includes properties in California, where he resided during his time as governor, as well as other locations. He started multiple businesses. 
A business that he started was Planet Hollywood. In the 1990s, Schwarzenegger became a partner in the restaurant chain Planet Hollywood. This chain was known for its celebrity-themed atmosphere and memorabilia. Schwarzenegger helped promote the brand and expanded its reach, showcasing his entrepreneurial spirit and interest in the in entertainment industry. Another business that he created was the Arnold Sports Festival. He co-founded the Arnold Sports Festival, formerly known as the Arnold Classic in 1989. The annual multi-sport event features a wide range of sports and fitness activities including bodybuilding, weightlifting, martial arts, and more. The festival has grown into one of the largest and most prestigious fitness events in the world. He produced a production company. He established his own production companies called Oak Productions Worldwide and, and Worldwide Entertainment. Worldwide Entertainment to produce and finance films. These ventures allowed him to have creative control over his projects and expand his involvement in the entertainment industry beyond acting. Another business endeavor that he embarked on is energy and environmental initiatives. He has been actively involved in promoting clean energy and environmental causes. He has invested in renewable energy projects and served as a strong advocate for sustainable practices. Schwarzenegger's efforts in this area include initiatives to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and promote the use of electric vehicles. Now, at the end of his book, Arnold Schwarzenegger hops on and he talks about the contradictions that encompass his world. Like, for example, he made Humvee popular. He was over in Iraq and he saw the, the Humvee. Back then, it was only available to military personnel. But Arnold Schwarzenegger, he ended up getting his hands on one and then he, and then he took, it, took it to some... Mechanic, and essentially they pimped out his Humvee and they lifted it and they added tires and all of these other accessories. And he brought it to the Humvee, uh, to the manufacturer of the Humvee. And he said to them, if you can make your Humvee more commercial friendly and available to the public, you will have a, a huge product on your hands. And now he did that and they took his word of advice and the Humvee became one of the most popular vehicles during that period. And because Arnold Schwarzenegger, he loves Humvees, but he also hates, you know, greenhouse gas emissions. And he does things to try to reduce his carbon footprint. You know, those two things, they don't mix and jive. But hey, sometimes life is complex. He also smokes cigars. Now, there have been some of his critics they will point that out and they're like, hey, how can you be about fitness and then be seen smoking cigars? What is that going to do for the kids? And Arnold Schwarzenegger is just like, hey, don't have your kids be a role model. Uh, uh, don't have me be a role model to your kids in every single facet. Fascinating. There you have a person who is pushing and promoting health and well-being. And then the next thing you see him smoking a cigar. I get it. You know, uh, you're, you're not going to be perfect. And a lot of these critics, they want you to be perfect. They want you to be the Pope. They want you to be, you know, absolutely have no flaws. But we all have those shortcomings. Most important thing is to be yourself. One final anecdote that 
was powerful and resonated with me in his autobiography is the fact that when Arnold Schwarzenegger came to America, he had a strong accent. And he was already jacked by by that point. He had won multiple Mr. Olympias. He was on the top of the bodybuilding world. He weighed 250 pounds, and he was just jacked. He had a scary physique, right? He was the biggest and baddest, most alpha on the planet back then. And at that point, Arnold Schwarzenegger got bored. Or, you know, he, he already did what he came to do in the bodybuilding world, which has become the most badass bodybuilder he did that mission accomplished seven times over he won so many bodybuilding competitions he was done with it so the next thing on his to-do list was become the a leading man in hollywood now when he started to to shop around for agents he got denied multiple times because they said that he was too big his physique was going to scare people on the on the movie theaters his accent was going to be hard to understand, and he didn't have any acting. Um, he didn't have any acting credentials. Those were three things that were exposed to Arnold Schwarzenegger as being liabilities. Those were going to be th- three things that hurt him. But Arnold Schwarzenegger went on to say that his accent made him more likable. His body opened up doors for him. And his his uniqueness as it pertains to not being formally trained as an actor, all of those turned into assets. And all three of those things turned out to be things that helped him. You might find yourself in this position to where you have an idea that, hey, maybe you're just trying to sell it to the wrong person and they don't have the same vision as you and maybe you might have some things that can be perceived as liabilities strikes against your creative brilliance but hey you're in good company because Arnold Schwarzenegger had the same things being told him hey you're too big your accent is hard to understand and you you don't know how to act. Prior to Arnold Schwarzenegger breaking down those barriers, there was nobody in the movie world that had a body like Arnold Schwarzenegger. There was nobody in the movie industry that sounded like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And because he didn't have the formal teachings or the formal acting credentials as all of these other actors... That helped him to stand out. And when you mix all those three things together, you get uniqueness. And that is what Arnold Schwarzenegger brought to the table. So imagine if Arnold Schwarzenegger was timid, scared, pusillanimous. And he didn't have the resilience or the thick skin to get past the critics or the naysayers or the doubters and the the unbelievers. We wouldn't have all of those awesome action films. You know, those ox, those action films would be, I don't know, maybe having Screech from Saved by the Bell. Just some weakling, some dude with no muscles saving people. What would that world look like? 
having the person who looks completely opposite of Arnold Schwarzenegger in all of those heroic films. What would that look like? What would the world look like if Arnold Schwarzenegger stood home and listened to his the fatherly advice that his dad gave him? Hey, just get back to work, son. What would the world look like? Ultimately, who knows what happens when you step out of your comfort zone and you create the best version of yourself and you humbly acknowledge all of your weaknesses and then work to strengthen them. Who knows what doors are going to be opened up for you. All I know is that there's no growth in your comfort zone. What is unknown will remain unknown until you go out and seek and ask and find and knock on these doors. Man, that's the whole purpose of living a a purposeful life. Getting out, getting after it. That'll do it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. If you like what you heard, go ahead and give me a like, a subscribe, and a follow. Until next time, you know what time it is. It's onward. Always onward.